verse 46 to verse 49. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. Verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. 49, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued from power on high. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power. Now the Lord had, had risen from the dead and he was about to be taken to be received up in glory again and he tells his disciples in his meeting he says many things to them but then he gives them an instruction he says to them stay don't leave this place until you receive the promise of my father until you are endued with power. In Acts, he, he puts it differently, right? He said to them, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come on you and ye shall be witnesses unto me. And so forth and so forth. But what I want you to see there is how Jesus, after his resurrection, refers to the Holy Spirit. He says, the promise of the Father. He calls the Spirit of God the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. Easter Sunday, I said to you, the reason for the cross was Jesus. I mean, it was the Holy Spirit. Until the body of Christ comes to terms with who the Holy Spirit is, his ministry, and his power, we will never rise up, ascend, and capture the vision of God for us. Jesus tells them, don't move, don't move, don't you dare say a word. Don't you dare preach a sermon. Don't you dare do anything until you are endowed with the promise of the Father. What does that tell us about the role of the Holy Spirit in achieving the objectives of God? What does that tell us 
about the responsibility given to the Holy Spirit by the Father. To make Christ out of men. I said to you yesterday, I said, Jesus lived 98% of his life doing nothing because he was waiting for the promise of his father. 98% of his life he did nothing. Said not one sermon, did not one miracle. And the other 2% with the spirit, he did more than many in their entire lifetime could ever achieve. Showing us that the Spirit of God is really the one that makes the difference. He's really the one that gives meaning, purpose, vision to a life. And that really without the Holy Spirit, the church, the body of Jesus Christ, the people of God are without vision, without direction, without hope, without strength. Without power. Have you ever considered why you need the Holy Spirit? Have you ever considered that you, you have a need, whether you are conscious of it or not, you have a need for the Holy Spirit such that without Him, like I said, there is no value you can give to God. Your, your, the, 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 the value of your life, brothers and sisters, depends entirely on what you do with the Holy Spirit in your life. Jesus began his ministry with the Holy Spirit. The church of Jesus Christ in the earth was birthed by the Holy Spirit. He's got to be the key, the secret, the source of the success of God's plan in life. Why is he not as real to us? As Jesus expected him to be. And this is one of the reasons why the body of Christ has been so backward for so many years, especially in the 21st century. Because we have replaced the role of the Holy Spirit with the skill sets of men. With the might, intelligence brought by committees. It is time for the preeminence of the Spirit in His church to return. It is time. It is time. We've got to give the Holy Spirit place due to him. You see, brothers and sisters, the power of the Spirit 
can only be realized, actualized, manifested in a life that is totally yielded to the Spirit. Apart from that, apart from that, we're all living. Oh. First, Second Thessalonians chapter two. Second Thessalonians chapter two. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, you there? Amen. Now, brethren, concerning the coming verse 1 of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come, talking about the day of Christ, that day will not come unless, unless the falling away comes first. Says that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. So the Bible has, has foretold a falling away. Now, when you read this in context, you realize that Many people have been falling away from the faith throughout the lifespan of the church. There are many, right? But you must understand what the Spirit of God is conveying. The message he's trying to convey. He's not just talking about a falling away, but he's talking about a large mess. A large number falling away almost all at the same time. And here's what's interesting. That word falling away is the Greek word apostasis. Right? Apostasis is a borrowed word. It's born from a word called apostasion. Apostasion really means to divorce. So if, if, if you define apostasis without understanding its origin, you may actually miss it because Apostation or apostasy or apostate is where we find the word to deviate or to defect. So if you read that without understanding where it comes from, you will miss what the Spirit is really trying to communicate. He is saying that the falling away is a process. He's saying that the falling away is caused by something. That divorcement from the faith. That's what falling away means. To depart from the faith. That divorcement from the faith. Separation from the faith is caused by something. Something that that word apostasis divine very beautifully. Is the word defect. So he's saying there is coming a day where a defect in truth. 
will cause many to divorce themselves, separate themselves, depart from the faith. He said it in another way in in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to to, to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils. But that defection does not take place instantly. It's a process. It's a process. And he says it's caused by a defect in truth. A corruption, a pollution. Within the soul, the spirits of those who are already in the faith. He's not talking about some people who are outside. No, he's talking about those who are already within. Those who have already been introduced to the tenets of the gospel. Those who have already been introduced to the salvation that comes by Jesus Christ. But he says they will fall away. Was their Christianity not real? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. And you see, that's why the Holy Spirit is so important. Because he is the preserver from defection. You see, without the Holy Spirit, without the the ministry of the Holy Spirit, without the governing power, the ruling authority of the Spirit of God upon a Christian life, he's not exempt, but he's qualified to become an apostate. So within his church, within his church, there are those by predestination, not the selection of predestination, but the determination of predestination. Like what Jesus said. Jesus said that the Son of Man must be betrayed. But who unto him by whom the Son of Man is betrayed? Now, it was not predestined by selection or election that Judas Iscariot would be. But it was already what? Predetermined by the counsel of God that Jesus would be betrayed. As to who it was. They needed to qualify themselves. Mm. So the role of the Holy Spirit is to deal. That's why Jesus calls it the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Because only truth is a preserver. Only truth, brothers and sisters, preserves the integrity of Christ's work in a believer's life. Okay, read, let's go down. Same, same, same place. Let's go down. See, who are the ones God will give them up to strong delusion, strong deception? Verse 10. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive love of the truth, that they might be saved. Did you hear that? He says it is love for the truth that, that, that ultimately saves. Love for the truth. And Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. And he says, with unrighteous deception, he will give them up 
to be destroyed because they did not love the truth. And for this reason, God will send them what? Strong delusion, strong deception, strong that they should believe that they should believe the lie. That they may all be condemned who did not believe but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But had pleasure in unrighteousness who did not believe the truth. A Christian's inability to entirely put his faith in the Bible, to try entirely believe in the integrity of the scriptures, is one who is either in danger or either have deceiving spirits operating with them. So how do we protect ourselves against the darkness in the world how do you how do you protect yourself against the wickedness against the danger of being stained the danger of being polluted and ultimately becoming a defect a defect in the body the holy spirit The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He says in chapter 5 of Ephesians, around from verse 20 right downwards, he says this. He says that he might present her to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Without spot or wrinkle without blemish. And only the Holy Spirit can do that job. Only the Holy Spirit can do that job. You, you look at Jesus, you study his life, you notice he was always in a hurry to leave. Always. He was in a hurry to leave. And when I'm saying leave, I mean leave earth. The, 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 the reason behind that was because he knew he could not fulfill his mandate without, this, without the Spirit being the one in the forefront. As long as Jesus was here, the Spirit could not be at the forefront. He always walked within the background. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. I must walk. I must walk. He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also a greater work than thee shall he do because I go to my Father. I go, and where I go, you do not know. It is expedient that I should leave because if I do not go, the Spirit will not come. And he, he's saying that as though the Spirit is not already there. He said, I will send them to you. So, if he says he will send them, he will send him to you, it tells us that Jesus still needed the Holy Spirit to ascend. Because it is that same Spirit that came down to the earth 
after he dropped off Jesus in heaven. And it is by that same spirit that we will all ascend. But what if there are defects within us? And this is what many people don't understand. That's what many people don't understand. If, if, if you find yourself in a ministry that has a doubt to truth, you know what it means to, to mix truth? You are in danger. You are in danger because immediately there's a defect. There's a stain on your garments. Jesus says, take heed how you hear. Not just what, how you hear. Let me show you Ephesians. Chapter 4. You there? Yeah. yeah. Verse 11. And he himself gave some to be Apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some... See, that's why it's really it's stupid to say you love Jesus but cannot recognize the authority, the government he has set in the church. It's foolish. It's foolish. Because he has, he has chosen how he would administrate his government on earth. And he's, he's determined that his government would be uh, 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 carried out by these five gifts that he gives to his people. That's how he works. That's how Jesus works today. He works by the government which he has established in the gifts that he has given to the church. It's an understanding that should be basic to every Christian. That you really cannot be furnished in the things pertaining to the Lord Jesus Christ without this government in place in your life. Because the Bible says, say, he himself, he himself, under, that means all these gifts are under his auspices. They come from his authority. They are the five variations of how Jesus exercises dominion and establishes government. In his body. Remember, he's the head. We are the body. And not just spiritual, we are physically his body. Every single member in the body of Christ is a part in that body. So he sets forth a government to, to do what? Like, 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 like what had happened when, when God brought Ezekiel to, to the to the to the wilderness, right? In the valley of dry bones. And he asked him, can these dry bones live? He says, only you know. Then he says, well, prophesy to these dry bones. And the Bible says, as he prophesied, there was a rattling. And bone connected to bone. Who did it? God. Huh? That was not just a resurrection of the dead. Do you understand? It was not just a resurrection of the dead. It was a re-engineering of, of man. 
And who, who did that? Was it God? Ezekiel. He did it under the authority of God. And bone came to bone. Until all flesh and spirit came back into the man. But who was orchestrated? Who, who was the one doing all those things? Ezekiel. It's the same. The responsibility of these ministry gifts are to what? Are to connect the parts. Place the parts where they need to be in order for the body to edify itself and function as it should. Now, to, to undermine the gifts is to undermine the rule of Jesus Christ in his body. That's how it is. So he says to you, he says to you, be weary. Be weary, or in other words, discern, be aware, test all spirits. For in the same way, there is the fivefold ministry gift of Christ. There is the fivefold ministry gift of the spirit of Antichrist. Jesus said, beware of false prophets. You cannot falsify something that does not exist. So when he tells you beware of false prophets, he's already telling you that they are true prophets. If they are false prophets, they are false teachers. If they are false teachers, they are false pastors. If they are false pastors, and what are the false pastors called? Wolves in sheepskin. If they are false, if they are false, true apostles, they are false apostles. Ephesians chapter 2. You tested those who say they are apostles but are not. If they are true evangelists, then they are false evangelists. So he says, be weary. And then he says something. You shall know them by their fruit. So there is a detection uh, 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 agency that exists within everybody who has the Holy Spirit. Because if you have the true spirit, you will be able to discern the true gift. Except you are not under the dominion of that spirit. You can't. The Bible talks about the resurrection of condemnation. And the resurrection of eternal life. Who is the one that institution the resurrection unto condemnation and the resurrection unto eternal life? So, God, you see, God is not unfair, Sister Jessica. If, if the serpent is going to go to war with the seed of the woman, he must level the playing field. What he does for the seed of the woman, he must permit for the seed of the serpent and the serpent. Do you understand what I'm saying? If Jesus can raise the dead, Satan must also raise the dead. If Jesus can heal, Satan must also heal because this is a war. It's a war over what? Over territory. So God must permit Satan to have what? Exercise of power. So in the same way, Jesus had structured his church. Satan has also structured his church. The Bible calls it the synagogue of Satan. The church of Satan. So the differentiator 
amongst these two entities is one thing, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of Truth. By which we are able to distinguish the Spirit of Error. So, the Bible says the dead will rise again. The Bible says the dead will rise. But, do you know, when the dead rises, at the rapture of Jesus Christ, there are some who will not rise. Again, some will remain in hell. Again, but they must also rise. Not for judgment, but for what? For Armageddon. The rising up of these dead people is, is for the army of God. In the same way, Satan must also have his army. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I do want to share this, but let me share this with you. Let me show you something. Revelations. Revelations. Chapter 20. Chapter 20 there. Verse 4. Okay. Verse 1, 2, 3. Satan is bound a thousand years, right? And then there's peace. So Satan, God, Jesus establishes his millennium reign. So for a thousand years, there's peace in the earth. Okay? A thousand years, there's peace. Now, this is after the great tribulation. This is after uh, the, the Antichrist and the false prophet thrown into the lake of fire. This is after the second coming of Christ. Jesus has already come. He's on earth now. He's in Jerusalem, the capital city. Right? And Satan is bound for a thousand years. He's bound for a thousand years. So there is peace on earth. Right? So everybody, everybody at that time who was in earth, there will be those who are born again and those who are not born again. Right? Correct? So for a thousand years there will be peace. So you must be sure that by the, by the end of the thousand years, the entire world will be evangelized for Jesus. Right or wrong? Yes, right or wrong. So there will be peace. No evil, no demons, no nothing. There will be no demons on earth at that time. Because Satan is but is bound. Then the Bible says, after a thousand years, again, come now. Verse 4, I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness of Jesus Christ, for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and not received his mark on their foreheads and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now, some people have used this to, to, uh, to interpret that uh, the church would be there during the reign of the Antichrist. The church can't be there during the reign of the Antichrist. What this one is talking about is talking about Christians who remain behind who refuse to take the mark of the beast and therefore were killed. Yeah, there are Christians who will remain. Yeah. There are Christians who will remain. Sorry for another day. <laughs> and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead, the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. Notice, they, don't, they did not live again until... The thousand years were finished. That means the rest of the dead who did not resurrect in the resurrection uh, leading up to the rapture did not rise again until the thousand years were finished. But after a thousand years, they were raised. And who raised them? God. No. You will see. 
They did not live again until the thousand years were finished. And this is the first. Blessed is the holy is those in part of the first resurrection. Over such a second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God, of God with Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Right? Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from prison. Now, now here's, here's where you must follow context. And here's where you must use logic. And he will go out, verse 8, and deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. So now wait, wait, wait. Does, who will Satan deceive? Because at that time, everybody will be the Lord's. So will he go now and deceive those who are already the Lord's? Will he, because the Bible says he will go and deceive the nations who are in the four corners of the earth. Notice what the Bible is saying here. The deception is to the nations who are at the four corners of the earth. Mm. Calling them Gog and Magog. Who are these that are at the four corners of the earth? He's not saying he will go all over the world. He's referring to specific nations. Gog and Magog who are at the four corners of the earth. But remember what he said. The dead did not rise again. So where is Satan going? Because ethnos here, he's not talking about territorial uh, places. He's referring to ethnos. He's referring to a group of people. So the nations he may be talking about here is nations who are already where? In the land of the dead. In the region of the dead. So Satan will pull what Jesus did when he raised the dead. Remember, it was Jesus appeared, the dead rise. Now Satan is coming out of prison. Why is he coming out of prison? Because it is the last great battle called the Battle of Armageddon. The battle that will take place between the mountains of Gog and Megiddo. So these nations, who are they? You must, we must find out who are they. The Bible tells us. Look, listen to what the Bible says. And it will deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for whose number is as the sand of the sea. How? There are many. Are these people here on earth? No. Because it's whose number is the sand of the sea. So here's where logic comes in. There's the thousand reign of Jesus Christ and his people, right? The whole earth is populated with Christians. Whole earth is serving the Lord. Now, who are these who are as the sand of the seashore? Where do they come from? Do they come from earth? No, oh, they can't come from earth. Because earth, earth had already been in peace for a thousand years. Now, who is he going to deceive? You. Do you think there's, there's a possibility of deception after men have seen Christ? Men have been in heaven. Men are living with Christ physically on earth. Do you think there would be any possibility of deception ever again? No. So these army that Satan will bring up. Notice the wording. Will bring up are the ones whom he will raise from the dead. No, no don't worry. There's the Bible. Whose numbers as the sand of the seashore. And they did what? 
Wait, wait, wait. They went. They went. Wait, wait. They went. They went from where? They went up on the breath of the earth. So they were coming from where? If they went up, they were coming from where? Hmm. And surrounded the camp of the saints. What are you seeing here? Zombies. <laughs> yes. The rise of zombies. Uh, you know the walking dead? Zombies. This is what's going to happen. So when Satan is released from his prison, he will go down and resurrect some folks from the he, he must. That's how it is. He must have. God must level the playing field. It can't be unfair. That's why he says he will crush your head, but you will, you will bruise his heel. Jesus will be hurt by Satan. <laughs> yeah, in the destruction of Satan, he will be hurt. Through his people. You get that? You get that? So, so why am I saying this, sharing this with you? Because whatever is happening this side is also happening that side. Do you understand? But this side, the false side, knows the end. So that's why he is, he's doing what? He's mixing everything together. He says a farmer sold what? He sowed seed, sowed wheat in the ground, right? Then while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. And then when the servants found out, they said, should we take out? He says, no, 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 leave them. Let them all grow together. So some are wondering, oh, but why isn't God judging these false prophets? No, they are growing together. The time of harvest has not yet come. So they are growing together. In the growing together, the tares and the wheat looks alike. It's only when they become full grown that you, you notice the difference because the tares uh, contain a shade of black. So you're able to uh, differentiate. Oh, this is, this is. But while they are still growing, they look alike. The wise virgins and the full vir uh, foolish virgins, they look alike. They're all virgins, all clean. But their foolishness is hidden. Until what? Until it is invoked by an event. So they are all growing together. So everybody is deceived. Now why people deceive? Do they need to be deceived? No. They are deceived because they do not love the truth. They do not love the truth. So who, who, who becomes then a tear and who becomes a wolf? Who becomes a sheep and who becomes a goat? All those things are, are by predestination already determined. Mm. But by selection, you qualify yourself. Hey. A Christian that does not love truth does not have the spirit of God working in them. You can't. He's the spirit of truth. The Bible says love rejoices in truth. Love rejoices in truth. And in a world where lies have proliferated the population, a man must be willing to stand alone for truth. 
Because truth is not convenient. And truth is not relative. Truth is absolute. Do you understand? It's not relative. It's absolute. It's absolute. In other words, in every nation on, on the earth, truth is truth. Truth does not uh, accommodate relativity. So Jesus says, he himself gave some. He gave some. Not some to be apostles. Okay, let's read it. Dear God, dear Lord Jesus, So now you understand that Satan will raise the dead. I'm sure you never knew this, huh? Are we there? He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. In other words... These things are given by Jesus. You understand? They are given by Jesus. Not an angel. Jesus. Angels do not confer ministry gifts. They cannot confer ministry gifts. Jesus must confer ministry gifts. Why? Why? Because whatever ministry gifts is conferred by Jesus or commissioned by Jesus must reflect in it the character of Christ. That's, that's discerning just that's, that's discerning 101. To really detect whether that ministry gift is from Jesus, it must have even if it's not full grown fruits. And that's why a minister who is called by God should not go into ministry with seeds. You understand what I'm saying? With his character in seed form. He must go there with fruit because he is there to represent the character of Christ. So if there is a ministry that in, in whose minister or the one over that ministry is leading, whose character is not reflective, whose ministry, whose gift is not reflective of Christ, you know one thing, the spirit of Christ is not operating there. So you can defer that to what? The operation of the spirit of Antichrist. He may know it or not know it. He may be conscious of it or not be conscious of it. You are not false because you choose to. I mean, you are not false because you, you know that you are. Mm. There are some who are false who don't even know. Mm. Okay. Second Peter. We'll, go, we'll come back there. Second Peter chapter 2.
We there? Amen. Chapter 2, verse... Um, Verse 1, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth is blasphemed. So the context is talking about the false prophets, right? Now, then listen to this. Verse number... Nineteen. While they promise them liberty, those whom they are preaching to, they themselves are what? They are slaves of corrupt. They are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also is brought into bondage. So they themselves also, they, they may not know it, but they themselves are also deceived. To serve, I mean, to serve Satan's agenda, all you need to be is deceived. Okay, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed, but after three days he shall rise. Peter comes and he takes the Lord aside and he says, No, don't say such things. And Jesus turns and he says, You are the devil. Now, here's the question Did Peter know he's the devil? So you don't need to know that you are Satan's servant. But if you are deceived, Deception is, is what? Is a deviation from truth. If you are deceived, you just know that you are a candidate for his usage. So there are, there are really some who are genuine, but they are deceived. But categorically, they are false. They, they can't be Christ. They are operating by a different spirit. Because there is no vacuum. And the spirit does not sponsor diabolical Agendas. It's, it's like ministries who are saying, who are saying, uh, we will sell you water, we will sell you salt, we will sell you oil, we will sell you all those things, right? And say, no, we are doing this in the name of the Lord. Hmm. Now, here's what you, you, as a normal person, you look at the ministry and you look how the minister conducts that gift, right? If he, if he casts out those devils by pouring the salt, by pouring the water on the whatever demon-possessed person, then you know something is wrong. Why? Because it goes against what? The character of Jesus Christ. And you know that definitely a spirit is involved in it because the results will be there. But the character with which it was done was not from Christ. Therefore, the sponsorship of a spirit is not the spirit of God. It's the spirit of Antichrist. And so they lure them like that. That's how the spirit, the spirit of Antichrist lures you away from the truth. Use oil, use this, use that, use this. Until you are so in it, your whole now nature becomes corrupted. Why? Love not for the truth. 
So he says he himself gives some or gave some to be apostles, prophets, and all those. And all these things are given before time began. Do you understand? They are given before time began. In other words, before, he says, he, he led captivity and he gave some. You, you don't become a prophet now. You are a prophet now because you were made one by Jesus before. It's ordination. It's called ordination. God said to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were born and I ordained you as a prophet. That's the ordination of God. So you find people are confused. One moment they are apostles, then they switch. They are prophets, they switch now. They are pastors. Confu you just know that. <laughs> so he says, he gave some apostles, prophets, and so forth, right? For the what? For the? For the perfecting of? For the perfecting of? For the perfecting of? <laughs> for the perfecting of the saints. Right? <laughs> for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, that that's... That's, that's the responsibility. That's not your responsibility. You, you can't bring yourself to the knowledge of, of, of the Son of God. You can't. A Christian can't bring himself to the knowledge of Christ without the help of the ministry gift. And that ministry gift would not be able to do such a work within the lives of God's people without the ministry of the Spirit. Because Jesus was unable to change men except through the Spirit. So, even though the ministry gift is, co is, is commissioned by Jesus, that gift must learn acquaintance with the Spirit of God. Okay? So, look at the end goal, right? That's the end goal, the purpose, the real purpose. Verse 14. That we should no longer be children. Tossed to and fro about with every wind of, by the trickery of, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful, but speaking what? May grow up into all things into him who is the head. That says only truth can cause the church to grow. And it is impossible to know what truth is without acquaintance with the Holy Spirit of God. So you and me need to understand what is the role of the Spirit here in my life. What is the Spirit's role, the Spirit's responsibility, and also my responsibility in cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Notice, the Bible says this about the Holy Spirit. It says about the Christian man, the spiritual Christian. It says, who lives, those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things. So there is such a thing as the things of the Spirit. And the Bible says this about God. No, no man. It says, it says, no man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is already in the man. Even so, no man knows the things of 
God except the Spirit of God. For he searches all things. Yeah, the deep things of God. That's what the, that's what the Spirit of God does. What he does is that he, he administrates the things of God. He brings us in the things of God. And not only does he bring us in, he communicates by teaching us the things of God. Comparing spiritual with spiritual. For these things can only be discerned spiritually. So unless you are a Christian who is spiritual, you, can't, you can never discern and participate in the things of God. You can't. You can't. And that's why the, the, the depth that Christianity has only gotten into now is, pro is, is, is programmed. You come to church, you sing three songs, the pastor preaches some crap message, you jump up, you sing your hallelujahs, you go home. But in terms of, you are nowhere near the apprehension of the stature of Christ. You are nowhere near, you can call yourself a Christian, but you are nowhere near the apprehension of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Nowhere near. Because what that minister and that church had just proven is that they, they have an inability to access the things of God. Now, a, a, a Christian or a church's inability to access the things of God is proof that they are not what? They do not live according to the Spirit. Because you cannot live according to the Spirit and not have access to the things of God. Hmm. So the church that does not have access into the things of God. A listen, a church that has a church, a minister, a ministry that has never had encounters with God, encounters with the angelic ministry, has not access into the things of God. Because that's what the Spirit of God brings into the ministry of Christ, the ministry of the church. Look at the, the, the book of Acts. Angelic encounters, left, right, and center. Not just power, but encounters into the activities of the spirit realm. Why? Because they lived according to the Spirit. So even in your own life, if those things are not, are not a, a habitation for you, you must check how you are living. Because the Holy Spirit does not sponsor carnal living, does not sponsor worldly living. You cannot be worldly, you cannot be carnal and still participate in the things of God. So the Spirit of God in you is unable to search out the things of God, the deep things of God. In you, he's unable. Why? Because your life does not match up with the criteria of the operations of the Spirit. And so you develop an appetite for lies, an appetite for, I mean, for messages with itching ears, messages that make you feel good, that make you feel nice, but they do not communicate the truth of Christ. So you can't stay in a ministry, in a church that is participating in the activities of the things of God. Why? Because your life does not match up. So you go seeking after. That's why churches who, who primarily do not focus on the things of God never, ever, ever lack any member. They can't. They can't. It's important. How, how will they lack members? Because the majority of Christians have itching ears. The Bible says they will, they will, they will make teachers for themselves. 
That's what the Bible says. They will make teachers for themselves. Why? Love not for the truth. And that's why we are have, having a hard time today in the body of Christ to really know and understand how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. If, if Antichrist, spirit of Antichrist comes in the church, a church that is supposedly with the Spirit of God, has the Spirit of God, comes in the church, knocks, the church opens, and that spirit starts making dictations on how that church should be run and the church says yes what does that say about that church they don't have the cooperation of the spirit and in that church what will happen will the spirit stay listen anti the spirit of antichrist and the spirit of christ cannot cohabitate in one house the holy spirit doesn't want to be a tenant he wants to be the landlord. And so that's the dilemma that we are at. And we can't discern. Why? Because we love not the truth. We love not the truth. We love not the truth. It's easy, it's very easy if, if you understand the word of God, if you understand your Bible, how do you discern a true gift, a false gift, a true Christian? And a, He said they went out from among us that it might be manifested that they were not of us in the first place. Because it's easy to discern those who are, the Bible says the Lord knows who are his. And those who call upon the name of the Lord must depart from iniquity. He knows those who are his. He knows them. So Jesus says, let he who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The primary role of the Spirit on earth is to not only be an advocate for the body of Christ, but to be the governor of the body of Christ. If he wants to govern the nations, he governs it through the church. The church is the agent of the spirit on earth, the agent of God, the agent of Christ on earth. So you cannot say a spirit will, will be willing to remain in a church where men do not give him co cooperation and freedom and liberty and 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 and, and uh, honor his presence to administrate the counsel of God. Will he stay? He can't stay. And here's the thing about the spirit. All right, here's the thing. What many people don't understand: if the spirit leaves you, you will never know that he left you. Hmm. Truly, if he leaves you, you will you will never know that he left you. You will never. How, how many of you know Benny? Yes. 
How many of you know Ben Hinn? Yes. That one of the greatest healing evangelists of the 20th and 21st century. But there was a time in his life, the Spirit of God left him. And he, he didn't know it. Because he'd go to healing meetings with hundreds of thousands and people would be healed. He didn't know it until one day he was in hospital. And his heart stopped and he died. He doesn't know. He, did, he said he doesn't know whether he died or it was a dream. But in the dream he was standing in a line. And there were many ministers. And right ahead there was a huge gate and a woman playing the piano. And there was Jesus and Jesus wasn't saying anything. So all Jesus would do is that he would say yes if you are to enter. And no if you are to uh, not enter. And when you don't enter you go to hell. And the music will change. If he says yes, the music will be harmonic. But if he says no, it will be gory, hellish music. That, that, uh, 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 that's what he says, right? So as he approached, he noticed that 80% of those who were in front of him were ministers. And Jesus said no, they went to hell. They were taken by angels and escorted to hell. And then came his turn. When he came his turn, Jesus didn't say no. Jesus didn't say yes. All he had was a look of displeasure. And he says, in a moment he woke up. When he woke up, he heard a voice saying, this is your last chance. Now, this is a man who had done a lot for God. He had, he had done a lot for God. In the eyes of man, he's, he was still at that time the greatest evangelist. He, he, he amassed crowds of hundreds of thousands. But when he got before Jesus, he got neither a no. Or yes. If you if you don't get a yes or a no from Christ, what does it mean? It's a no. There's no maybe with Jesus. Yes, with Christ, there's no maybe. That's why he says, let your yes be yes, your no be no. There's anything more than that is of the devil. That's Christ. That's what he says. So there's no in-betweens. Now this is a man. This is a man. Who is the, at the forefront of Christianity? He was one step in hell. One step in hell. He had done so much for God. Didn't God think about what he did for him? You don't know God, huh? You don't, you don't know, you don't know God. You don't, you don't know God. In, in these 10, I've been working on God, seriously working on God for the last 10 years. So I know a little bit about how he operates. You don't mess with God. So what he does, you see, and the reason why he gives us the Holy Spirit is so that we, we can learn. We can learn the things of God. Have access to the things of God. And also, walk the ways. Of the Lord. Without the Holy Spirit, it's impossible to see the ways of the Lord and to know them or to even walk on them. Because the way of God is straight. He says, Go neither to the left nor to the right. If you go to the left, you will fall. If you go to the right, you will fall. The only safest place 
is on that one. And that one is narrow. And it's full of thorns. Full of potholes. And you are not allowed to take any shortcut. And I told you the other day, I said, God didn't create a new way for Jesus when the one that he was supposed to come through was corrupted. He had to make that crooked path straight. Jesus came through crooked paths. Your Lord through crooked paths. Amen. Hallelujah. So you need the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. You need... You see, for, for me as an individual, my walk with God is personal. Independent, it's independent of any other thing. Even your walk with God should be like that. Should be. Listen, listen, listen. Days are getting tough. The angel said that days are about to become harder on earth. So we have to learn how to ride the waves, the winds of the spirit. You have to learn how to cooperate with the spirit of God. How to commune with the spirit of God. The determination of success in life is by men's acquaintance with spirits. Spirits are how men fall and how men rise. They are the cause behind the rise and fall of men. Spirits. So, as I stand here, there is a spirit teaching you. It's not just me. It's a spirit that's trying to communicate. I'll use an example. Where's, where's uh, you, uh, Mr. Masabi? Couple, last year, I called you, your wife, your children together. Remember? Remember? In front of the whole church. When I called you, you know what the Lord said to me? He said, you'll never see them again. But I had to call them to help them, right? And I said what I said, said what I said, right? And I told you how to fix it, what to do, things like that, right? I gave you, I gave you counsel. You never did it, okay? You never did it. You never came back to church. Did things change for the better or for the worse? And at that point, you became angry at God and everything, right? But you forgot the counsel. So if you were done, it's something in the past, right? But I'm only using it as an example to, to try and communicate something. If you had done that counsel, things would have become and turned out for the better. So what happened was, here's a crooked path, right? The Lord is trying to straighten it out, right? And how does he do that? Through the gift of Christ. Mm. Not to a man, the gift of Christ. So when he does, tries to do that, and there's rejection, the rejection doesn't really come from the people. It comes from the spirit that's been operating there. Because they are so yielded, accustomed to yield to that spirit, it's, it's difficult for them to agree with the spirit of God now that the counsel is coming. So the refusal plunges them deep into the activities of that spirit, and it continues to devour and cause heaven. And that's how it is with many, with many lives, with many lives.
And one thing those in the Old Testament learned, you better not go against a prophet of the Lord God Almighty. That's the worst thing, that's the worst, it's the worst thing you can do. Jehoshaphat tried it when the man of God came and prophesied to the altar that he had built. He said, the altar you shall fall and what not, what not. Joseph had said, strike him. As Joseph had stretched forth his hand, his hand, his hand withered. He had to pray. You see, with ministry, all right, with ministry, there are things, there are things, there are things God will not allow you to do against his servant. He will not allow it. And there are things, there are things God has given the, the gift, the servant, permission. If this line is crossed, for instance, God wanted to destroy Israel, right? God says, let me alone, let me destroy these people. Moses prayed 40 days. But when Dathan and them came and opposed the authority of Moses, why didn't Moses go and intercede? You know what Moses said? He says, come here tomorrow, we shall see. Hmm. Who the Lord has chosen, who is not. And when they got there, the next day, what happened? The earth opened, the entire family, the entire family in there. Whole tribe in there. So you ask yourself, he prayed there, but they didn't pray. And it was not God who said, I'll open the earth. It's Moses. It's like Elijah. Elijah is sitting there. And here's the captain of Syria says he wants to see Elijah. Elijah says, if I be a man of God, let fire fall from heaven. He does that three times until the last one comes and says, please, don't, don't. And the angel that was already with him says, no, go. The angel didn't stop him. God didn't tell him to put fire down because the next generations later, when they couldn't find place for Jesus to sleep, the disciples said, shall we bring down fire like Elijah? She says, you don't know what spirit you're of. Telling you that God didn't really approve of what Elijah did. But it happened anyway. But God didn't hold that against Elijah. Because these people wanted to kill him. In ministry, you can't, you can't use your own wits, your own smarts. You need the counsel of the Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. If you're going to ward off all these demon, blind, darkness things, you're going to need to, to really in your life cooperate, learn to cooperate with the Spirit. He said, he that has an ear, that means every single body has the potential to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. He says, he's saying to the churches. There is something the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. And all, you must have ears. You must develop ears. How do you develop ears to hear the Spirit of God? You do like what Mary did. He sat down at the feet and submitted herself to the Word of God. To the, the more she heard the Word of God, the easier it is for her later on to hear that this was Rabboni. Hmm. We need the Spirit. We need the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, you know, I wonder, how does a Christian sit in a ministry where the frequency of the Spirit 
is totally absent. How does a Christian sit? Sit. You, you see, you know there's no frequency of the spirit here. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is not here. And you are sitting. How does a Christian do that? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Why it's easy for people to do that. You know what God calls it? Idolatry. Is when the image of that leader has taken up the image of God. It's idolatry. And you can't tell such people anything. Why? Because that is their God. That man is their God. That man is their God. They speak, they speak more highly of their pastor than they do of Christ, than they do of God, than they do of the Spirit. Such, 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 you know, that's idolatry. You know it. You, and you know what the Bible says? It says, from those shall we do not eat even from the same table. When a Christian starts speaking more of their pastor than Jesus, you know there's trouble. You know there, there's my pastor this, my pastor that, my pastor this. Not the word of God this, not Jesus this, my pastor that. Ah, oh, you know. Ah, They're one step into the gates of hell. An idolatrous heart has no place in heaven. I told you yesterday, your Christianity title does not give you access to heaven. The kingdom of heaven, hey. Why? It's because the spirit is not. Because if the spirit is operating in a church, in a minister, in a Christian, that, that person... That person will always glorify Christ because the administration, the ministry of the Spirit is to glorify. Jesus said, he shall glorify me. That's what Christ said, he shall glorify me. So when you keep glorifying your pastor, your pastor, your pastor, oh, is that the Spirit of God? It can't be the Spirit of God. Impossible. It can't be. You don't need to feel it. All you need to do is believe the Bible. And that's why in this generation, the most hated ministers are those who believe the Bible unequivocally. They hate us. God says, if my hand comes against a nation and I determine because of his unfaithfulness to bring upon it pestilence, bread, I mean, uh, a lack of bread, famine, and all those things. He says, even if Noah, Daniel, or Job would intercede, they'd only save themselves. Hmm. Because of their righteousness. That's how God is. So our willingness to, to get to know the workings, the ways of the Spirit of God is proof that we have no cooperation with Him.
that's why I, you see, I lose. Here's the thing: I lose as a person doing what I'm doing for the Lord. Whatever, I, I lose nothing, but gain everything by not giving ground to spirits. This is a war of spirits. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's basic tenets of the gospel. You wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. When has a government, in all the existence of government, told a church, prescribed to a church, recommended to a church what they should do? When? And you think the opposition is coming from that president or that leader of that nation? You are sunk here. Here, here you have gone mad. You have gone mad here. And you have proven that, number one, you don't know Jesus. Number two, you're not walking with the Spirit. Number three, you are ignorant of your Bible. And again, I tell you, he's saying, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. If eight were saved in the days of Noah, the equivalent of eight will be saved in today's, in today's, in today's world. How do you think you shall escape the condemnation which is to come if they did not escape in the wilderness? How do me and you think we shall escape the condemnation that is to come if we do not take heed to what we have heard? The Holy Spirit. You find a Christian, no, na, 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 gidi, na, gimoyo, halala, gimoyo, halala, but you can't even listen to your to instruction that comes from a pastor. It's not more halala, no, lida. It's some spirit, but it's not more halala. And unfortunately, all these things, the Bible says, will only be revealed. At the coming of the Son of, Son of God. It says that the revelation of Christ, the heart of man shall be revealed. If you do your meditations on the on the word of Jesus Christ and you go through all you will you will you will find out that this Jesus that people have been preaching. That people have been, you is not Jesus. They're preaching some spirit, it's something else is not Jesus. Read your Bible. You find out who Jesus is. I read you a bit yesterday, right? He told the Ephesus church, they did everything right, but because of one thing, he says, I'll remove your lampstand from its place. What does it mean to remove the lampstand from its place? It means to remove him from his presence. They'll go to hell for not loving Jesus. the Holy Spirit so we don't have to go through the severity of condemnation and judgment that is to befall many of his people 
You can't say you love Jesus and not desire to furnish and cultivate a walk with the Holy Spirit. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. You'll be fighting a losing battle. A friend of mine says, said to me, why isn't uh, your ministry on Facebook, or, you know, uh, Instagram and stuff, you'll get much followership. I said, I'm not looking for followers. Why do I need to market myself? For what? For what? For what? No, so that the world can hear your message. <laughs> no. If, if God wants them to hear it, he'll bring them. You don't know whether you walk in truth by the magnitude of a followership. Jesus, Jesus, the things that are praised among men are abomination before God. Jesus, throughout his ministry, had loads of fellowship. At the end of his life, who was there? Where were all everybody he healed? Where were they? Where was the woman on issue of blood? Where was blood Bartimaeus? Where were the two blind men? Where were those he healed? Where was the, the mother of, 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 the son, of the son whom he raised from the dead? Where was the little daughter whom he raised from the dead when he was dying? So he says, if you want to follow me, carry your own cross. Deny yourself. Then you will be my servant. That's the cost of following Christ. That's the cost. That Christian brothers and sisters... Something else is not Christianity. And if you want to live that, by all means, live. Minus one issue, minus one problem. Live, live, live. You'll be doing us all a favor. Doing me a favor. You must. You must, brothers and sisters, commit to developing a work, a working relationship with the Holy Spirit. You must. You have to. You have to. It's a command from Jesus Christ. You have to. Otherwise, nothing in your Christian work will make sense. Nothing will make sense. Nothing will make sense. We are given the opportunity by the Lord in these days to get closer and closer to the Holy Spirit than in any other time in history. We must grab a hold of it. We must grab a hold. Grab a hold of it. 
if the things we teach do not draw you closer to loving God, closer to God, closer to his presence. And these are not the teachings of Christ. These are not the doctrines of Christ. Because every doctrine must bring you close to the Lord. Must bring you close to his presence. Must bring that desire in you to be with him in his presence. That's what it is, brothers and sisters. That's what it is. It's like Christians, Christians who don't pray, who don't take prayer seriously. And they think they're okay with God, you're spiritual. You are you're lying to yourself. You are lying to yourself. Prayer is the means through which you develop and cultivate a walk with God. You can't cultivate a walk with God without it. You can't. It's impossible. You can't. The discipline of prayer. I'm talking about the discipline of it. How is he going to bring you into other dimensions and variations of his presence, of communion with him, if you have never learned this basic principle of prayer, the discipline of prayer? How is he? How is he going to do that? See how much we need the Holy Spirit? So much. so much we need the Lord. He says, where the Spirit of the Lord, he says, the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If there's no liberty in your life, you must check your cooperation with the Holy Ghost. Because he brings liberty. Freedom, emancipation from bondages. And that's, that's the sin of the Christian man and Christian woman today. The sin of not growing, drawing closer to the Lord, not grow, drawing closer to the Spirit. It says, draw near to me, and I'll draw near unto you. When, when will you get to realize that this, this world is nothing to offer you but shame and damn and darkness and blindness? When will you, what must happen for you to realize that? Must the economies of the world crash? Must, you, must, must, must political structures, social structures dissolve for you to start waking up and saying and realizing your need to walk close with the Lord. It says, seek him while he may still be found. Seek him while he still may be found. Because there's a day when he will not be found by those who will seek him. So we must seek him while he may still be found. You see me, I love Jesus. I will, I will gladly die for the Lord. Me. I will gladly suffer for the Lord. I love him. I love him. I love him more than any human being, more than any friend. More. I, that's how much I love Jesus. 
I love him. But I did not come to love him overnight. The love I have for him now is not the one that I had when I was still coming up. No. You have to develop it. You have to cultivate it. And I'm sincere. I love the Lord. If it was according to me, I wouldn't be doing ministry. <clears throat> I, don't, I wouldn't. Because I don't, want, I don't want it. The only reason why I'm doing this is because I genuinely love Jesus. You, you don't make it any easier, any much nicer to lead you. So why would anybody want something like that? But because I love Christ. I love Jesus. So I must do what he commanded me. What he commanded me. And this is Jesus' command. And I'll do it to the best of, you see, I'll do it to the best of my abilities because I love him. I love him. I I'm not like you. I don't have any other 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 bridges left to cross. All my bridges have been crossed. It's me and Jesus. If I fail, I'll fail in him. My ministry, I'm I'm doing this, I'm not pretending and I'm not doing this to get any accreditations from you, any appraisal from men, I, I could care the less. Because I love him. And the work of the Holy Spirit in my life has been so strong that my only commitment is to his glorification. That's my only commitment. Because I know one day I will meet him and I'll tell him, Lord, I did the best. When I was still starting out, I was doing ministry because, you know, it was, you know, he said I must do it. And I did it, saw some nice power things, then it was for the power, for the, but when we grew up, what's all this about? And that's why we try in every service, every meeting, whatever it be, to get you through the word of God, to love the Lord. To love the Lord. Love the Lord. He's the only person I belong to. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I can't, I can't, you see, uh, I, I can't after having seen what I have seen. That's why I, I love that song I sang at, at the, uh, at the World Conference. How can I be the same? After I have encountered your grace. My life can never be the same. My life can never. I know what it is to be without hope, to be at the wit's end. 
feel the embrace, to have the embrace of Christ. So I don't care who stays, who goes, who remains, who leaves. No, I've got Jesus. To me, he's more real. He's more real to me than, than you. He's more real to me than flesh. He's my Lord. He's my Lord. And I'm not saying it. He himself knows. He knows. I will gladly die. For Christ, I'll gladly die. I'll gladly lay down my life for him. That's how he says, this, this is how you know that you have passed from death to life. If you can lay down your life. To me, it's not a joke. What I'm doing is not a joke. I'm not trying to waste your time playing games with you. What I'm doing is my entire life, my whole eternal destiny depends on this. That's why I can't let any of you deride it or undermine it. Definitely not. My whole life is at stake. And I would rather, I would rather, I would rather stop ministry and keep my eternal reward than to continue and lose it. If there was ever a minister who is not doing this in ministry for money, is me. 